Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Diglett. Yeah. you all uh, that continue to follow us and those of you if you're not aware you can always go 
to www.soulofamericaradio.com, and you can go right there to the left column there. You will see Hope and Healing. There at Hope and Healing, you can find our shows. You can find an archive of the shows that we've done since we aired back in October of 2012. So there are shows there that you can go back and review. I've had people to review shows. They've used some of these shows as part of their research for school, as part of their project. And for others, it's been a great source of information to those that they can share it with. Tonight, we believe that we have a great show. We don't have any special guests lined up, but as always, you are my special guests. You are those that we are reaching. Let me make it perfectly clear the reason why we do this show. We do this show first and foremost because we want to raise the awareness about the issue of domestic violence and its impact within our community, and specifically within the community of color. Number two, we want to be able to level a conversation and to be able to talk about some things that are very that are very real, although we don't tend to bring them to the forefront. The show is not totally dealing with domestic violence. It is dealing with any form of hurt, rejection, abuse, abandonment, that one may have experienced, and where there is a need to restore hope and to bring healing. Whether that's abandonment of a relationship, whether that's abandonment or rejection by a father, by a mother, by a parent, this show is designed with you in mind. It is driven by you. It is driven by you and definitely is driven by the capacity and the desire to make sure that those that are listening are uh, in tune to what's going on and that we're able to bring about a sense of hope in a sense of fairness to those that are listening to this radio show. So as we come before you tonight, I want to just really get started with our show tonight because one of the things we want to deal with tonight, and believe me, uh, tonight is an open night. If you want to interject another subject, you can. But tonight I wanted to start off by dealing with, if you would, the impact the impact of the exposure of domestic violence on children. Let me say that again because it's very important. I want to make sure tonight that we begin to address the uh, domestic violence impact on children and that children that are exposed to the domestic violence oftentimes experience many, many uh, uh, symptoms, including experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder. And that is so very important because for many that work in the education system, that work in those arena, oftentimes they are seeing these things play out, and oftentimes these children are diagnosed, or should I say almost misdiagnosed, and they're diagnosed with uh, uh, actually with uh, attention deficit, hyperactivity, disorder, and many times that is not really the case of what's going on. Many times this child may be a child who's been exposed to domestic violence, who's living in a violent home, and if we don't address what's going on in the home, then understand only thing we're doing is medicating a child who is a victim of domestic violence and being exposed to it. So that is one of the reasons that we must have a dialogue around this subject matter today. But it's important. Today, as I come and I, I talk to you, so often we hear about the impact of domestic violence as it relates to adults and men and women, and, and in some cases uh, women and women, in some cases men and men. But we generally often think of it in an adult sense. We don't think about the travesty and the tragedy of the domestic violence as it impacts children and those that are exposed to domestic violence, those that witness it. So often we hear perpetrators as well as victims say, well, my children didn't see it, or we didn't do it in front of the children. You've got to understand that it doesn't have to be done in front of the children necessarily. The fact that they are exposed to it, the fact that they witness it, it is an impact that uh, not only impacts them, but it definitely uh, 
destroys their sense of who they are. It destroys the way they see life. And most importantly, it definitely impacts them in a way that goes far beyond what we can instantly see. So this is important. So often we're called out to do workshops and we're speaking in uh, different arenas as we talk about the correlation between uh, domestic violence and bullying. What happens when children are used to seeing these type of behaviors, type of behavior where we're seeing behaviors of manipulation, of control, of name calling? Uh, you know, we're seeing a manipulation of of putting down. We see the manipulation of deceit. We're seeing all of these things happen here. And so children learn what they live and they live what they learn. And our society has a lot of catching up to do because the fact we have to take ownership of what's going on. I want to say that again. Until we take ownership of what's going on in our communities, we will not. And I do repeat, we will not see a significant change inside of the issue of domestic violence. We have to take ownership. I think Dorothy Law Note put it very well, and Dorothy Law Note was a, she was a psychologist uh, uh, from many years ago, and she wrote a piece that said children learn what they live. And one of the things I love about it, because what Dorothy Law Note said, uh, she said, if children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with ridicule, they learn to be shy. If children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. If children live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If children live with tolerance, they learn to be patient. If children live with praise, they learn to appreciate. If children live with acceptance, they learn to love. If children live with approval, they learn to like themselves. If children live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and others. If children live with friendliness, they learn the world is a nice place in which to live. And what a powerful statement that was made at that time when she wrote this piece way back in 1972 and uh, republished again in 1975. And what was interesting is that she talked about how children live, they learn what they live. In other words, our children come, and everything about their behavior, everything about the way they interact, they learn it. They learn what they live, and they learn what they live from what they see in the example of parents, what they see in the example of the community and the environment around them. We have to be very, very cognizant of this, because if children live with criticism, if they live in an environment where there's criticism that is always taking place, and that criticism is never balanced with constructive criticism or praise, then what they learn to do is condemn. They learn to condemn because of the fact they hear criticism. They learn to shut people down. They learn to condemn. And we learn if they if they live in an environment with hostility, where there's always a hostile environment, where there's always a cutting edge, and there's always an eggshell, they learn to fight. Then if they live with ridicule, if they live with always being ridiculed, belittled, put down, then they learn to be shy. And if children they live with with shame, they learn to feel guilty. These are things that happen with children that are exposed just to uh, 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 abusive behavior from the verbal standpoint, from the verbal sense of abuse, not to mention the children who are actually experiencing very much emotional distress from the violence that they see demonstrated in front of them. And that type of violence is sometimes the most most uh, impactful type of violence because of the fact that when children live with these type of symptoms, they grow up and they manifest it. And we have to be very cognizant of what our children see. I'm oftentimes just amazed when I hear parents say, well, I don't know where they get that from. I don't know where they pick that up from. Really? 
because oftentimes we won't take responsibility for our action and for what we demonstrate and what we display in front of them. As a result, those children begin to manifest things that they've seen and what they've heard. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I am your host, J.R. Ficklin, and you're listening to us right here on the Soul of America Radio. That's soulofamericaradio.com. If you desire to have a comment, you can call in at area code 323-784-9638. That's area code 323-784-9638. Hit the letter 1. Hit the number 1, I should say, and that will let our producers know that you would like to join in with us on the air. And as you join with us on the air, we would like to bring you in and uh, you can share your question. You can share your question. You can have your comment, and we would love to have you inside of this. Tonight, we've started off by talking about the uh, impact of domestic violence on children, and we're talking about right now even them being exposed to the things that they see. The exposure to domestic violence is real, and that exposure oftentimes have a profound impact on the children's life and their outcome, the way they see themselves, the way they see themselves through the eyes of what they're going through. So it's not just what is happening uh, uh to them, it is happening, the things that are happening against them, the things that are happening in spite of them. And so we have to keep that in mind as we address this issue of domestic violence. I share with you, Dorothy Law Note was very serious about that when she wrote that piece, because children do. They learn what they live. They learn from what they do. You know, that's a scripture, and there's a, there's a scripture there in the book of Proverbs that says something that's very important. It says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they should not depart from it. Now, when we look at that word train, we're not talking about Amtrak. We're not talking about Palm Tran nor the Silver Bullet. But that word train there means to, to show by example. That word train there means to display, to give a, a display of an action. It's the same thing that we often find when we start a new job or when we enter into a new uh, career. We have to go through orientation. So we go through orientation. Oftentimes we're trained to recognize the things that is expected of us and the things that we do. So it is with a child who oftentimes do not have the luxury of choosing that. They don't have the luxury of choosing their parents. They don't have the luxury of choosing who is their caregivers. They don't have that luxury, so therefore they are subject to what they see played out by the individuals who are in charge. And so our actions does impact what children do. Our actions either give permission, evil either give permission or it gives a sense of validation of the actions that we do, whether they're negative or whether they're positive. Listen, we're coming up on a break, and right on the other side of the break, we're going to be taking your calls. If you'd like to call in, area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. That's how you can reach us here, right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I am your host, J.R. Ficklin, and you're listening to us right here on the Soul. That's right, the Soul of America, the Soul of America Radio, soulofamericaradio.com. Listen, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, text them, tweet them, whatever you need to do. Let your friends know on Facebook that that radio show is on, Hope and Healing, Our Journey to Wholeness. And I'm going to catch you right on the other side of the break. We'll be taking your calls. Area code 323-784-968. See you on the other side of the break.
Bigram, Hope and Healing, or Judith to Wholeness, right here on the one and only Soul of America Radio. We'll be right back. New programming coming up on the Soul of America Radio. Go to soulofamericaradio.com for more information. Welcome, 
Thank you for welcoming me. This is Brother T.O. Wingate. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's so good hearing from you. Great. Listen, Brother Thickman, um, I have a question because I I have a situation where a friend of mine's daughter was molested at a very young age. Wow. Sorry and, to hear that. And um, I'm trying to be discreet because I don't want to expose too much, but I, I just ran into this on yesterday. Okay. And the young lady is of age now. She's about... I would say she's around 28, 29, or 30 years old, something like that. But this happened when she was probably around six, seven years old. And her mother was telling me that she's having a very hard time dealing with it, and she's been talking with the individuals that she feels that's involved in it and understand that they um, was printed to the fact that she was being molested and they did nothing about it. And now she wants to confront um, her abuser. Wow. And she also wants to know what rights she has. Well, that's an interesting question. It's actually a two-part question. First of all, my heart goes out and my prayers goes out uh, to this uh, family, to this particular young lady. And let me let me answer this by saying this, because there are many people that are listening right now that perhaps definitely know someone who have experienced this very type of situation. First and foremost, it happens way too often within our families. It happens way too often where we see a young girl, a young child that has been manipulated, have been raped, uh, have been molested uh, at very young. And we have to understand those dynamics that go on. A lot of times when a young person is um, is molested at a very young age, they are totally powerless. They're powerless not only because of the, fact, the facts that are evident, the fact that that person is an adult, uh, that person is stronger, that person is bigger, that person is, uh, you know, uh, this person here automatically have a particular, if you would, advantage over them. Oftentimes there are things that are said like you better not tell anyone. If you tell anybody, I'll kill you, or those are threats that are there. And so this individual goes through life oftentimes suppressing these feelings for a long time. And what makes it even worse is when oftentimes they are still in the presence or they have contact with the individual who has committed the assault, who have uh, who have done the molesting, whether they're seeing them on a regular basis or whether they're seeing them periodically, still the anger the pain, the fear, and all of those things are very real. And they're very real to the individual that's going through it. So if I'm hearing you right, here's a young lady who's now of age. And yes. she's she's looking for, she's either looking for one or two things. She's looking for that opportunity to confront her 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 abuser because of the fact not only the pain that he inflicted upon them but because of the pain that has continued to be inflicted upon this individual although the the act of abuse may have only occurred one time or even if it occurred more than once they have lived this nightmare for all of these years and so therefore what we're dealing with now is that this person is uh, not only in a lot of pain but there could be some anger there they're going to come forth because sometimes they want retribution they want retribution. They want this individual to finally get what is coming to them, and it happens. Now, the part that you mentioned that continues to stand out to me is that when you start talking about the people that were privy, the people who knew that this happened but did nothing, 
that's where the scars are normally left because the scars are left when those individuals that are helpless, that are entrusting adults to make good decisions to protect them, and those individuals go about being silent. And it somehow or another sends a message to the victim that it's all right. Somehow or another sends a message to the victim that no one cares. And this is sounding like where this young lady is today. And what I was what I was strongly urged inside of a situation like this is even before she uh, confront the abuser, uh, or try to confront this abuser, this person that she doesn't do it alone because of the fact of not only the backlash, but definitely more than likely you're going to definitely get the denial from the individual that they even did it. Secondarily, I would say that it would be so great if she had someone to reach out to as far as a counselor or a pastor who is versed in dealing with these type of situations. Because here's the thing. She's trying to take her life back. She is trying to get her life back from a person who has taken something from her in her innocency. And I have to say it like this, Brother uh, uh, Wingate, is that, you know, when these things happen and when individuals who are privy to know, when they begin to say things like, I don't believe you, I can't believe that this person would have done this to you, a girl, stop making up stories, or don't be lying, or stop playing, or you can't be accusing people, all that says to the person who's been violated is that they're not believable. It says to that person who's been violated that they're not truthful. It also says to that person who's been violated that, you know, that we don't believe what you're saying, which takes all the support from them, causes them to doubt themselves, oftentimes begin to internalize. So I, I will say this, and I'm not sure if I answered your question or you got to the question or not, but what I will say to you and for those that are listening, in this case here it is critical for that person to be believed. Now as far as her rights go, uh, you know, I don't know how long ago it was. I don't know how long ago it was. Uh, you said she may be in her, her mid to late 20s at this time, and this may have happened when she's five and six. You know, it may depend on so what state it happened in, because certain states there is a statute of limitation, and that statute of limitation may run out after 10 years, may run out after 15 or 20. I don't, because I don't know exactly what state I might not know, but I tell you what, we will definitely get back with you for the statute of limitation inside of this situation. But if nothing else, that individual wants, they want a sense of retribution. They want this individual to feel what they feel, and more than more than anything, they want to get their power back. It happened in Florida. Okay. And uh, I was trying to, from my understanding, of course I'm not well versed in this part of the law, but it says I think that because this happened in her childhood that there is no statute of limitations. And that very well may be the case with, with certain states and certain law because of the fact this did happen when she was a minor, so therefore she was violated as a minor, and so this would not only be molestation and rape, I mean, this is statutory by all sense, and then not only that, you know, you're talking about assaulting of a small child, a minor child, and it could carry a lot of uh, ramifications. But uh, it's a fight that they're going to have to be willing to fight. It's a fight that... Uh, uh, that she definitely needs support to fight because oftentimes in these type of cases we see them happen way too often is that when the victim does come forth, when the victim does find the strength and they come forth uh, to make, uh, you know, to finally bring uh, charges against this individual, oftentimes they are laughed at, oftentimes they are ridiculed, 
oftentimes uh, on the witness stand, they're trying to uh, make this individual out to be something that they're not. Uh, the one thing I would say that it's, that is that she may have in her advantage is the fact because she was such a small child when this happened. You know, it's, uh, it's I mean, it's hard when you start attacking a small child because it only makes you seem more and more vicious in terms of that. So uh, the one thing I would say is for those that are around her, those that she has trusted, I mean, they may have fumbled the ball and they may have uh, uh, definitely mishandled it in the past, but I would encourage them to believe her now, to stand with her uh, now. This is this is how made a what I would call a permanent scar on her because she's she's lashing out at his daughter, which is her cousin. By all means. And, and the daughter saying, "Well, what have you done to her, Dad?" She said, "Because she's been saying this for a long time. It's something you've done, and you need to address this." And right, he he's doing nothing about it. Well, it's pent-up anger. It's pent-up anger that's happening there, and this individual is definitely at that boiling point. And, yes, it is coming out because, in fact, now you're talking about betrayal. You're talking about betrayal at the greatest level because now we're not just talking about molestation. We're talking about incestual type things that are happening. And so when that happens, it's, it's, it's a betrayal of its greatest of, of greatest proportion because of the fact, you know, we entrust family members. We entrust those. We entrust those that are around us. So, you know, I, I think about the fact, you know, I have nieces. I have great nieces and great nephews and things, and, and, and their trust to me is absolutely paramount. It means a lot to me to trust. And so when they naturally trust you and then you violate that trust there, it leaves a tremendous scar. You know what I would say? This is where she needs healing. She needs healing first and foremost. I think she needs to be believed. And so, you know, that's the portion that you that you and other caring people around her can provide, you know, to believe her. Secondarily, I am going to say those words, definitely pray with her. Pray with her and, yeah. and, re, and encourage her that that incident that took place was not her fault. She did not cause it. She did not bring it on. There's nothing she said, did, or whatever that that, that – uh, that uh, she that uh, would cause that to happen. There's nothing to justify what happened to her. And thirdly, you know, uh, not only believing in her and praying for her, but the other part of it is to be willing to stand with her throughout the situation inside of this. She is hurting, and oftentimes, uh huh. Go right ahead. Be willing to talk. I can't hear would you. you. Be would you be willing to talk with her? I would be willing to talk with her definitely if it's of her free will and her free and our, and our uh, you know of her free uh, will and our own free conscience of doing so. By all means, I would like to arrange that uh, time to talk with her and then be able to walk with her through that process. You know, if that means getting other help, both spiritually and professional, uh, that is very important to do so. And I will say this, you know, and I'm being presumptuous that she's a woman of color, is that too often. We are, have a stigmatism about getting counseling and getting support and counseling in areas that we need to, and, and counseling is something that, that is needed, and we have to go for that because, in fact, it is a part of who we are. We need that. Too often we are suffering. We have scars. We have, uh, we have uh, I mean, very pent-up pain because, in fact, we didn't get counseling or we never dealt with things properly. So by all means, uh, definitely uh uh, we, we'll definitely talk to you off the air and uh, get the information. Let's make it happen. Okay, because I appreciate that. Because I know she's 
she's looking for healing. She's reaching out because she always she's also addressed the church on this issue. Wow. However, I don't know what was the 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 outcome. Uh, what did the church resolve from it? But she's really in need of healing. And By all means. I, to the point to where she's about to break because it's it, 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 she she um she went took this out on her sister. Wow. And for what I understand, she was banging her sister's head against the floor. Yeah. Okay. And that's what we call misplaced anger, and that, and that's what yes. it is. She's the anger is misplaced, and therefore uh, she's taken out on them. And um and and, and it's nothing that she means to do, but this is the way that she's dealing with it. So definitely, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being sensitive enough. I want to thank you for being discerning enough to reach out. And that's what this show is really all about. We have to have people that are willing to reach out for those that are hurting. And what a perfect example because, you know, we start out tonight talking about children who witness violence and children who are exposed to violence. And what we have to understand is that a lot of times things that happen in a child's childhood, oftentimes it's as painful and it's a scar uh, for life. And when right. those things happen, it not only impacts their uh, past, but it impacts their present and it impacts their future. And we have to be ready to step in there. So by all means, reach out to me. Uh, definitely, um, you know, uh, off the air, we'll get we'll get together and we'll make that happen. We'll make the connections that need to be made. Okay. Thanks. I really appreciate it, today. Excellent call. Absolutely excellent call. Well, that's what we do here on Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. There, thank you so very much for calling and reaching out. Perhaps you're listening today, and perhaps that's a question that's burning. Perhaps that's a situation you know of, and perhaps uh, you're the person that's in position can make a difference. You can reach us right here at Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight, or you can email us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio dot com. That's the letter J T H I C K L I N at soulofamericaradio dot com. And as you do that, I'll be glad to answer your question. We'll be glad to take your call. As you call in, hit the number one. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Hold Us. And I'll be back with you right after the break. Stay tuned. More questions for you. Keep those calls coming in. You're right on the other side of the road. Been healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin returns after this. Want to get in on the conversation? Call J at 323 784 9638. Radio and its staff and family encourage you to please let someone know if you're going through a domestic violence situation. If you know someone that's going through a domestic violence situation, please don't stand by and let it just happen. We simply cannot afford to 
to tolerate this any longer. Call 800-799-7233, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233. It is your business. connect with J.R. Thicklin at his Facebook group, which is Domestic Violence. It is your business. Check him out. Above life. Above your circumstances. You can't soar. The one and only Sora. Give us a call at 323-784-9638. And now, here's your host, J.R. Thicklin. Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and you're listening to us here on Soul of America Radio. That's right, at the soulofamericaradio.com, right here on Hope and Healing. And I'm so glad that you've joined us. What an interesting night that we've had thus far. You can reach us here if you desire to call in, desire to be a part of the program tonight, have a question, comment, or whatever, every code 323-784-9638. That's every code 323 784 9638, and we invite you. If you'd like to reach us by way of uh, email, you can reach us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That is the letter, jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. I'm so glad that you've joined us here on tonight. What an interesting subject matter as we're talking about the impact of domestic violence on children. Children have been exposed to it, children witnessing it, children suffering firsthand. Not just domestic violence, sexual violence. And these things that oftentimes impact and impair children for the rest of their lives. You could be the trusted individual that stand between a person's hurt, harm, and agony in their healing. You could be the person even that is the voice and the voice of reason for someone who may be in an abusive relationship right now. Never underestimate the power that you have been entrusted with. Never underestimate the power of your voice being uh, loud and speaking out against this. Remember, any time that there is silence and you're silent in the midst of this, you are perpetuating this cycle of domestic violence. And that's been one of our greatest problems. There's been much too much silence. There's been too much silence by the church. There's been too much silence by the educational field. There's been too much silence by the village at large. And we must begin to sound the alarm because the far-reaching impact of domestic violence into the lives of individuals, the far-reaching impact into the lives of of our children and our children's children, it is too great to even begin to discuss. But we must take ownership. 
Bees aren't individuals that are dropping in from some strange planet. Bees aren't individuals that are coming in on some spaceship. Bees are individuals that we are raising. These are individuals that we have given birth to, and unfortunately, individuals who have been exposed or have been impacted by the very things that we do and the things that we say. These are individuals who have been impacted by lifestyles and behaviors, oftentimes live very selfishly, not considering those that are around them that look to them for guidance and direction. So that is why we must sound the alarm against domestic violence. There isn't time to have some type of gender war, some gender bidding. It is time to understand that domestic violence is the single greatest vehicle that fuels our criminal justice system. Have you ever considered what is the cost of domestic violence per year? When you're talking about, in some cases, over $36 billion per year, when you think about, in in some cases, the lost time from work alone, about $5 billion a year, we are talking about an epidemic that is happening in our society. We're talking about an epidemic that is affecting every walk of life. We're talking about an epidemic that is affecting people across the board, and we have to sound our alarm. It is amazing that there are many individuals that will speak out and speak up for many different causes, and these causes are definitely worthy. There are causes like breast cancer, a worthy cause. There's causes like MS, a worthy cause. There's causes like lupus and, and, uh, and things of that. Those are worthy cause. There are causes for many different things, uh, uh, birth defects. All of those things are worthy cause. But may I add to that list, and may I even dare say, let's put it there somewhere near the top, the cause of children that have been impacted by their exposure to domestic violence. Those are the things that we must take a very deep and a very real look at because those are the things that are impacting our future. Our children have to be protected. Listen, there's a culture of violence that have 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 totally affect our society, our communities. Our communities are actually ravaged by violence on every hand. Our families are torn by violence. Our communities are destroyed by violence. Our faith is tested by violence. So it's incumbent upon us that we must stand up, speak out, and take action about this violence that is perpetrated and that that is perpetrated in our homes. Area code 323-784-9638. I am J.R. Thicklin. I'm your host today, and you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, Now, keep in mind today that even as you're listening to this broadcast today, it is always available. It is available in podcasts. It is available by going to the archives at www.soulofamericaradio.com and simply go to the column there on the left and just click Hope and Healing, and you'll see the archives of the programs that have aired here on this great network. Now, keep in mind, if you'd like to reach me, if you'd like to send a confidential question or just a question or comment, you can always do so at any time by simply sending it to jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. Make sure you get that right. That's the letter J, T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N at soulofamericaradio.com. And that's so important because so many times people put Soul of America and they forget radio. But it's Jay Thicklin at soulofamericaradio.com. And we're always so glad to have you today. Even as we're in the midst of this broadcast today, I invite you, those that are listening, perhaps you're there. Have you considered the fact that even when we consider in this country black babies that are dying before they reach the age of one, did you realize that? Black babies are dying 
They are dying at an alarming rate, and in some areas, in some cases, three times the rate of white babies and two times the rate of uh, Hispanic babies, they are dying. And they're dying for a number of reasons. They are dying simply because of the fact, oftentimes, our environment, our lifestyle, and our behavior. Those are things that we have to pay very close attention to if we're going to see a difference made. Part of that that is happening that's affecting the life of black babies is oftentimes when parents and mothers are being abused even during pregnancy. Did you know that nearly 28% of fetal abnormalities, all of them, are related to domestic violence? Did you recognize that domestic violence tends to increase when a female becomes pregnant? So therefore, impacting a child, impacting a child's developmental stages, impacting a child's ability to function in society. If you have a question, you have a comment, you can call in, area code 323-784-9638. Simply hit the letter, I keep saying letter, simply hit the number one on your keypad. The number one on your keypad, that will let our producer know that you desire to have a comment or a question, and we will get you on the air today. That's how you can reach us here, those of you that are listening to us by Internet www.soulofamericaradio.com That's www.soulofamericaradio.com uh, We're thankful that you're listening to us right there in the left column. Just click Hope and Healing and hit the live button and you will tune in live to us even right now. If you have that question that you want to ask, you have a comment, area code 323 that's how you reach us. Hit the number one on your keypad, and we will be so very glad to get you on the air tonight. If you'd like to send a question confidentially or you just like to send a comment, you can do so by sending it to jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J-T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N at soulofamericaradio.com. Now, as we have been talking tonight, and I understand that we, we have uh, started tonight off about talking about children that are witnessed and the impact of children that are witnessed and are exposed to domestic violence, it is something that we must take for uh, serious today because it affects people from every walk of life. Now, it's estimated that more than 3.3 million children are exposed to some form of physical or verbal uh, uh, spousal abuse each year. You know, when we talk about exposure, we're talking about children seeing or hearing the actual abuse or dealing with the aftermath of the abuse. We often talk about how does it affect a child who may uh, be in school, school-age kids, who are hearing, who is hearing night in and night out, not only the verbal arguments, but oftentimes the shouting, the hitting, the uh, pushing and shoving, they're witnessing these type things. And yet still, these children are oftentimes expected to get up the next morning early, catch a school bus, come to school, and to perform as if nothing happened. Don't fool yourself. The impact of being exposed to domestic violence is great. Many adults that grew up in violent homes oftentimes have shared their story of their struggle of reconciling thoughts, of reconciling what a healthy relationship is because of the very hostile environment in which they grew up in. Perhaps you're listening today. Perhaps you may be one of those children. Perhaps you're the individual that says, you know, I grew up in that environment, and I could not wait to get out of it. Well, perhaps today you want to share with someone and share with us today, share with someone how you got out of it and how did it impact you. And in that way that you were impacted, how did you find yourself on the better end of this whole situation? Because people need to know that you can get out. People need to know the how you came out. And so I would say to you today, even as you're listening today, that you reach out, share your story. 
you know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. And I want you to know today that somebody, somebody can benefit from your story. Somebody can benefit from you sharing how you got out of your abusive situation. Someone can benefit today by you simply sharing how you came through. It is critical in this day and time. It's no time for being shame. It's no time for being bashful. Someone needs to hear how you came out. And I really encourage you today to share that, if you would, because of the fact that it makes a difference. It makes a difference in the lives of so many. And so as you listen to tonight, I invite you. I invite you to call in at area code 323. That's area code 323-784-9638. If you'd like to have a comment or question, uh, please feel free to hit the a letter, the number one. Once again, the number one. That will let our producer know that you desire to speak to the host, and we will get you on the air, and we will entertain your question for today. Now, as you're listening to this, I want to say this to you because of the fact so often we tend to be very private individuals. We don't want anyone to know what we're going through. But the reality is is that the effects of children witnessing or experiencing domestic violence at home, uh, you know, can have a great impact on your child when they go to school. I mean, it does vary from child to child how they're affected. Uh, oftentimes, the attributes that give a child the greatest chance of surviving these type of a situation of being exposed uh, exposed is very average of the uh, the ability to escape this. The ability to overcome it is oftentimes very challenging because this not only affects uh, their self-esteem, their feeling of self-efficiency, uh, their attractiveness to others, both in personality and appearance, their individual talents, uh, the way they see themselves, the way they even see God is affected by what they have gone through in domestic violence. Children may feel isolated. They may feel that, uh, you know, things that we consider normal, like having children and having friends over their house, uh, may be impossible for them to even feel like they can enjoy because of the very toxic uh, atmosphere that they're experiencing at home. Have you ever thought about what does a child think when they hear their parents not only arguing, but when they hear the threats, the fussing, the choking, the pushing? Have you ever thought how, how did it impact them? Have you ever thought how does it make them feel? Because those are legitimate questions that have to be answered. And that is what we want to be able to discuss right here on Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Erico 323 784 9638. Erico 323 784 And I'm going to take your call, uh, push the number one, and we'll get with you right on the other side of the break. So glad that you've joined us tonight on the Soul of America Radio. This is J.R. Ficklin. Thank you for tuning in to Open Healing, a journey to hope. See you on the other side of the break. Healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio LLC. This is the one and only Sword.
one in four women will experience domestic violence in her lifetime. Every year, nearly three million children witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody. You can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thicklin right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, Our Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Find us here right here every 
every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 8 o'clock Central Time. And, of course, that is 6 o'clock. Those that are in the Pacific Time Zone, you can find us here at any given time. And for those of you that listen to us in other countries, we're so glad that you've joined us. And for those of you that are coming back, listen to the archives, to podcasts. Otherwise, we're so grateful for your support. It's real simple, people. It is about raising awareness. It is about educating. It's about empowering. It's about bringing us to a place of wholeness. It's about recognizing that until we begin to take ownership of this issue of domestic violence, that we are already holding in bondage the next generation. The next generation has already been dealt a death sentence, if you would, because the fact we in this current time will not take responsibility and ownership for the issues of domestic violence. And I like to say, particularly for communities of color, that we must acknowledge this. We can no longer hide behind it. We can no longer pretend that it doesn't happen. And then can I go another step further? We can no longer pretend that it only happens to individuals who are in poverty or individuals who are struggling or individuals who doesn't have uh, quality education. The reality is that domestic violence is an equal opportunity destroyer. Can I say that again? Domestic violence is an equal opportunity destroyer, and it's affecting people from every walk of life. It doesn't matter whether you have a Ph.D. or no J.O.B. You are affected by domestic violence, and we can no longer walk around it. We can't tiptoe around it. We have to be very, very uh, mindful of the fact that it must be addressed. We cannot pretend that it doesn't happen. We have to stand up, have a very serious conversation about the issue of domestic violence. And that's why we're here. Every every Monday evening you can find us here as we continue to address this issue of domestic violence. Tonight we happen to be talking about the impact of domestic violence on children, those of us that have children, those of us that are parents, fathers, mothers, those of us that may be aunts or uncles, those of us that are definitely uh, impacted around children, then we understand how precious children are and how impressionable they are. So that which they see around them definitely makes a big difference in their lives. For those of you that may be joining us, just joining us, you may have missed the first half of the show, and I want to just share with you uh, just a little bit of what we shared. Dr. Dorothy Law Nolte, as some people would call it, pronouncing Nolte, uh, was a noted writer and psychologist back in the day. And when I talk about Dr. Uh, Dorothy Law Nolte, uh, she wrote a piece back in the early 70s, as a matter of fact, called Children Learn What They Live. And I love the way that she framed it because it's something that we must take very much notice of. She said, if children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with ridicule, they learn to be shy. If children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. Let me stop there for a second. She gave some conditions and some behavior, some environmental conditions that ultimately yielded a, a, an action or a consequence or a behavior uh, from a child. She said if they live with criticism, if they're always being criticized and put down, if they're always being told what is always wrong and never what is right, then they too learn to condemn. They learn to condemn others. They learn to condemn others' efforts. They learn to condemn others inside of what they do. Then she said if, a, if children live with hostility, they learn to fight. 
If they live with hostility in the sense of the fact of there's always a hostile environment, there's always an edge, there's always a sense of, of something about to break out, then we have to understand they learn to fight because they learn not only to be on the defensive, they learn to feel as if they're always fighting for their lives. Now, what is important about this? I'm so glad you asked. What is important about this because, in fact, we understand these things impact the way that child sees the world. It impacts the way our children sees the world. She goes on to say if, a, if children live with ridicule, they learn to be shy. So if they're always picked on, if they always are made to feel, in a sense, as if they are the joke and the budding joke, if they're always are being ragged on and things, they learn to be shy. In other words, they withdraw, become isolated. This is if children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. If they live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. Now, how many children you think are very happy to think that their friends and others around them are aware of their situation, are aware that their mother or their father or their uh, family members are involved inside of domestic violence? This is very crucial inside of the things in which we're talking about and the things that we deal with. Domestic violence is an equal opportunity to store, and we have to understand that when we deal with this issue of domestic violence, it doesn't discriminate. So don't self-eliminate yourself. Don't self-eliminate yourself by simply saying, it doesn't happen to me, I'm not a part of that, oh, you know, I'm above that, because the fact that it happens across the board. And the greatest way to find yourself a victim is to be in denial about the fact that the prevalence of domestic violence in our community and the impact that it has even on our children. This is a serious matter, a matter that needs to be taken up by every village keeper, by every individual, by every church, by every fraternity, by every sorority, by every educational institution, by every business. Did you know that domestic violence is the single greatest vehicle, vehicle that fuels our criminal justice system? I think I need to say that again. That domestic violence is the single greatest vehicle that fuels our criminal justice system. Yes, it does. It is the single greatest vehicle. Out of domestic violence, being exposed to it and things, we raise new generation of abusers. Out of domestic violence, we raise new generation of individuals who oftentimes end up perpetuating this violence and committing the same act of violence even in their lifetime. So we have to be very mindful of the fact that when children are exposed to domestic violence or when they are uh, definitely victims of domestic violence, then what happens is the fact that these individuals oftentimes perpetuate this very same cycle. You and I have a responsibility. You and I have a responsibility not only to the children, whether they be our children or children or our community, but we have a responsibility that children will not have that as part of their fate, that they are children uh, that that will survive. They are children that can overcome this because, in fact, we refuse to put them in harm's way. And that is the message that must be perpetuated even now, that children not only learn what they live, but they live what they learn. And we must, absolutely, we must begin to not only sound the alarm, but we must take responsibility for what is going on in our communities. And that's what this is all about. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I am your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you joined us tonight on Soul of America Radio. That's www.soulofamericaradio.com. 
If you'd like to reach us and like to be a part of this conversation, whether you have a question or comment or just want to be a part of it, you can reach us by dialing area code 323-784-9638. That's area code 323-784-9638. Or you can also, if you'd like to reach me confidentially or send me a question or uh, or comment, you can do so by emailing me at jficklin at soloamericaradio.com. That's the letter J. T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N at soulofamericaradio.com. We await your call today. So glad to have you in on this time here because of the very crucial nature and the crucial crucial time that we're in as we continue to talk about domestic violence. Now, we've talked about some things about the exposure of it and what Dorothy Law don't talk about, but you don't understand it goes beyond that because children that cope with family violence, oftentimes we see things happen. They oftentimes become your targeted runaways. They're the children that you oftentimes seeing perpetuating violence on the street. They oftentimes are children who turn to substance abuse and, and food addictions at very early on and very early ages. What we also see with children that live in violent homes oftentimes end up being perpetrators as well as victims of sexual assaults oftentimes being subject and more likely to be involved in date rape and sexual harassment more likely to end up with using uh, with the use of pornography and definitely uh, definitely elevate increase the chances of an individual uh, being a part of a teen pregnancy not to mention the violence in our school the truancy that happens as well as not the represent as well as the representation of a new generation of violent families we have our work cut out our work is cut out, and there's no time to twiddle the deed or twiddle these out with our thumbs. It is time that we speak out. It's time that we stand up. It's time that our communities are educated and empowered, and we can't keep waiting on the great, the great, uh, the great dark hope to come and rescue our communities. We have to become the agents of change within our community. Where are the village keepers? The village keepers are those who take responsibility for the community and understand that until we speak up, being our most vulnerable voices and our most vulnerable citizens, which are our children, lives are in danger. And I say to you, which child can you afford to spare to be in harm's way? Which child? What's their name? Who are their parents? What is their future? Which child can you afford to give up, to sacrifice through our silence, through our ignorance, through our apathy? Who can we afford to sacrifice? I'm anxious to get your comments tonight. Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Hit the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you'd like to get in on this conversation tonight, and we'll be so glad to bring you in, so glad to hear your comments and things on tonight right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I am your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so glad that you've joined us on today. Now, those of you that I know that are listening on the Internet as things, if you'd like to get your question in, uh, definitely just simply email us. Email us at jthickland. That's right. Jay Thicklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's Jay Thicklin at soulofamericaradio.com. It is a powerful night. We've had a great caller that called in earlier. We invite your calls. Just simply hit the letter one. Hit the letter one. And if you hit the letter one there on your uh, keypad, then that will allow us to get to you. And we acknowledge your question, uh, and that is out there today. 
And now, what a question have come to us is that is verbal abuse, verbal abuse a part of domestic violence? Absolutely. When we consider verbal abuse or emotional abuse or even what we call mental abuse, understand that's deeply rooted in the verbal abuse. We like to say long before he beat her up, he beat her down with his words, or long before the perpetrator ever beat the victim uh, up, he beat them down with their words. So when we start talking about verbal uh, put-downs, name-calling, you're no good, uh, ridiculing, uh, threatening, manipulation, saying that nobody else will ever want you, telling you that you're worthless, who wants you, you have children, look at you, you're no good for nothing, you can't talk straight. Those things are very verbally abusive, and yes, that is part of domestic violence. So keep in mind, all abuse is not necessarily physical. Abuse is also verbal. Abuse is sexual. Abuse are all these things here. And so uh, the thing that is so important in this day and time is that we continue to raise the level uh, when we start talking about abuse. And keep in mind that you don't have to take it. There is no excuse for abuse. Oftentimes, people are waiting for the big boom to happen. In other words, all the, all the other signs that are there, the individual isolates you. They don't want you around family and friends. They continue to, to control what you do, where you say. And this day and time of uh, technology, they not only stalk you naturally, but they cyber stalk you as well. These are individuals that when they text you, if you don't text them back in a, in, in a, in a certain amount of time, then they are losing their cool. They are uh, verbally uh, bashing you. They are threatening you. Here uh, other signs that you might see where this individual try to determine where you go, what you wear, and what you can say. These are all signs. When an individual threatens you, threaten what they will do to you, these are signs that you're in an abusive relationship. Don't continue to talk yourself out of it by saying, well, they've never hit me or they've never uh, put their hands on me. Domestic violence oftentimes starts off very verbal. And it starts off with these type of things, and it escalates to the violence for the physical assault. So I want you to keep that in mind so that you, too, can make a difference, that you, too, will not find yourself a victim of domestic violence. It is so crucial in this day and time that we continue to not only sound the alarm, it is so, um, uh, it is so important that we will uh, continue to raise the awareness about domestic violence. Now, what I want to say to you, as you're listening to me from across the country, from coast to coast, that's where you hear us, Soul, Soul of America Radio, from coast to coast, I want you to know today that we're reaching out and we are in a number of different places that we're in as we reach out and we continue to speak out about domestic violence. Uh, here more recently, we will be speaking at a men's, uh, at a real men's seminar and outreach, uh, men, uh, I guess I should call it a men's crusade, that are going to be happening in Florida. We're going to be in the western part of Florida, there in a place uh, called Belglade. We'll be there in a, uh, in Belglade, Florida, and we'll be there, I think the date is April 13th. So we'll be there reaching out to men there all over uh as we address the issue of men and getting men to recognize not only their vital role in society, but how men can stand up and speak out against domestic violence. The very next week, for all of you that may listen to me, you're in the Alabama area, in the state of Alabama. I will be there on April 
23rd, I will be speaking there at uh, an event uh, conference there by Project Safe. I'll be speaking there at their conference on April 23rd. I will be their keynote speaker, and we will be addressing the issues of, uh, of breaking the silence. And it's so important of breaking the silence when it comes to uh, every entity uh, when it comes to domestic violence. So I invite you to be a part of that. That will be in Birmingham, Alabama. And those of you that may be listening to me that are in the Alabama area, I would love to have you there. It's going to be held at the Birmingham Botanical Garden, the Birmingham Botanical Garden. We will be there in April. That's April 23rd. Even before then, we're going to arrive in Birmingham a few days before then as we're looking to do some networking with some pastors. Uh, we're looking to uh, uh, create a grassroots uh, a base there to be able to work with these other entities uh, as they address domestic violence. You and I must be at the table. If we're not at the table, then it's shame on us because we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to make a difference, and that's what my challenge is to you today that are listening here. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. We welcome you tonight. Uh, if you'd like to have a question, a comment, a caller, uh, if you'd like to uh, be on the show, uh, you can call that number. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. So we welcome you tonight. We're so glad that you've joined us, and we want you to be a part of this dialogue that is going on right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Now, now I want to say this to you that is so critical at this hour. I need you to recognize this, that you could be, you could be the difference between life and death, between freedom and bondage, between hope and healing for an individual that is in an abusive relationship. So this is what I need from you that are listening to me today. I need you to pledge. I need you to pledge that you're going to do all you can to raise your awareness about domestic violence. Listen, I've not given a number today, but you know that if you know someone who is a victim of domestic violence or experiencing right now, I encourage you to call the national hotline number at 1-800-799-SAFE. And that's 1-800-799-SAFE. That is the number. If you are experiencing domestic violence or know that someone is, the national hotline number. The other thing I invite you to do, go to our website, www.destinybychoice.org, and there you'll be able to see some of the early warning signs and see some other things as it relates to domestic violence there. So I encourage you inside of this whole process that you will be a part of the solution and not part of the problem because your voice is needed in combating domestic violence. I want to get back as we get ready to come up upon a break, and then we're going to be ready to get out of here right at the bottom of the hour uh, here. But I want to talk about just very briefly that when children are exposed to domestic violence and when children experience domestic violence, what you and I must understand, the impact of children experiencing domestic violence is far-reaching. It is far-reaching because, of fact, it affects them not only academic uh, problems but agitation, them feeling both jumping and uh, being aggress- uh, uh, aggression, and, and then they become avoidance uh, of, of reminders, and that's when you start seeing behavior problems. Oftentimes, there are behavior problems that happen with children that are exposed to domestic violence. And oftentimes we don't catch it until much younger, until uh, they're much older, and oftentimes the uh, impact has been done at that time. So right, at the, uh, right after the break, we're going to uh, 
take just a couple more calls if you're going to call in or we're going to address some questions that are there right after the break and we will end right at the bottom of the hour. You'll listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. You're listening to us here on the Soul of America Radio. And if you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at area code 323-784-9638. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you can reach us. If you'd like to have a question or make a comment, hit the number one on your keypad. If you'd like to email us, email us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J. T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N at soulofamericaradio.com. I'm so glad you joined us. We're going to see you right on the other side of the break. Right here. Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, 
J.R. Thicklet, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here on the Soul of America Radio.com. That's hope and healing, our journey to wholeness. Listen, we're on the final stretch of our broadcast today, and we're so glad to have you here. So many of you that are listening from across the country, from coast to coast, you're listening to us, and we appreciate you hanging in there. Thank you for your uh, emails, and thank you for your comments there. Uh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at J, the letter J, Ficklin, T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N, at soulofamericaradio.com. And we're so glad that you've joined us. Now, just a few minutes left in the program. If you'd like to have a question or comment, simply dial area code 323-784-9638 and hit the letter 1. And if you hit the number 1, I keep saying letter, but hit the number 1 that lets our producer know that you'd like to get in, and we will acknowledge you and get you on the airway. So many of you that are listening there, I want to do a special shout-out to Karen, I thank you for listening out there in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for listening to us tonight on soulofamericaradio.com. And to all of you that are listening there, thank you for being a part of this hour. As we close out this hour, and, and by all means you can still call in, hit the number one. As you close out this hour, what I want to say to you is this is that we have to keep in mind that it's not about just our lives. It's about the lives of our children. When we're talking about things that happen to children who grow up in violent homes and we begin to see things affect them later on in life, they they include not only the academic problems and agitation, as we mentioned, the feeling jumpy and and aggression, but... uh, but, you know, behavior problems, sometimes they become very clingy to caregivers and understandably sometimes depression and distractibility, emotional numbling and, and emotional changes happen in them. Oftentimes they become fearful, they feel scared, uh, they, they have fear of naturally exploring things, things that they should be natural, they, uh, they're not natural with it. Feelings of guilt, feelings of not belonging. Uh, many times uh, later on in life they have flashbacks. And they uh, easily have general emotional distress, increased arousal uh, about uh, things. They immediately get uh, very much on the defensive. Uh, they can have obsessive behavior, irritability, low levels of empathy. I mean, just to name a few of the things that impact children that are exposed to domestic violence. And it doesn't just stop there. It goes on. We talk about teens because being a teenager, uh, being a teenager is a difficult uh, time, as we all know, in and of itself. But being a teenager and living in a house uh, infected and impacted by domestic violence can have devastating long life effects on children, the way they see themselves, the way they see their lives, because teens living with domestic violence face a major uh, unique problem of trying to fit in with their peers while keeping their home life a secret. They want to be uh, active, they want to fit in with their peers, but yet it's still they feel like they're trying to keep their home life a secret because of the fact of all the things that are happening. So we cannot discount the impact of domestic violence on children. We cannot impact how it affects them. We cannot impact how it uh, definitely uh, impacts the way they view the world. So when we talk about teens uh, going through these type of things, we understand that the pressure is mounted on teens because not only do they have um, uh, the strained family relationship to see, uh, but they often witness it to the point that it affects them that they feel like they're about to lose their mind. So the result for teens who never learn to trust, they never learn to form trusting relationships, are teens who end up being in violent relationships themselves. So we got to understand the impact of children, teenagers being uh, witnesses to domestic violence is far-reaching and far-impactful. So we talk about uh, teens also face the same issues as younger children in abusive family, namely they're feeling lonely, 
isolated, growing up too fast, behavior problems and stress-related medical and mental uh, health problems, and not to mention school problems. Now, most of the time when we talk about domestic violence, no one takes the time to see all that. They don't see all that happening. They simply see only the moment, not understanding how impactful it is to each and every one that is a part of this vicious cycle, this vicious web. So what's our challenge? Our challenge today is to let your voice be heard. Our challenge today is to say it's not enough to wear your fraternity or your sorority colors. It's not enough to wear all your paraphernalia. But it's time to stand up and have a voice against domestic violence. I want to know where you stand today. So many of you that are listening under the sound of my voice, I want you, I want you, because on next Monday, I want to have a special day. I want up until that time and even on that day, I want to have a special time and a special rally that I will stand up against domestic violence. And this is what I want you to do. Those of you that are on Facebook, I want you to be able to uh, take a whole day on next Monday, and you're going to post that I stand up against domestic violence. That's what I want you to do. I want you to join us inside of this message because of the fact there are those that need help. There are those that need hope. There are those that need healing. And that's what you and I are. We're part of those healing agents. We're part of those that makes a difference. So it is my challenge to you today that as you listen to me, that you make this part of your daily platform. You can make a difference because you choose to stand up. You choose to speak out. You choose to sound the alarm. You choose to let everyone know that domestic violence, there is no excuse for it. So as you listen to us, and as we're in the very final stretch of our time together tonight, I want to encourage you, play a part. Be a part of what's going on. Be a part of those that makes a difference. You don't want to be a thermometer. You want to be a thermostat. You want to change the climate and the environment around you as it relates to domestic violence. Listen, as our time is getting away from us tonight, I want to thank you, you, and especially you that are listening tonight by way of the Internet at www.soulofamericaradio.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can go right there to that column on the left, Hope and Healing, and not only can you listen to tonight's show, but you can go back and listen to archives. Perhaps there's someone that you think that needs to hear what you've heard on tonight or another night. You can always take that same uh, broadcast, and you can email it to them so that they can get a chance to listen as well. I want to thank you, those of you that have listened by way of the Internet and those of you that have listened by way of the phone, area code 323-784-9638. Thank you for our guests that have called in, and you all are our guests, but thank you for our caller today. It is about hope and healing. It is about bringing that sense of of confidence, that sense of overcoming, that sense of recognizing that you are believable and that you are no way responsible for the abuse that has been inflicted upon you. So as we move toward the greater things, as we move toward protecting every child, as we move toward not allowing another victim to be victimized, as we as men stand up and say there is no excuse for abuse, as we as men hold each other accountable as it relates to domestic violence, then I commend you, I applaud you, and then yet is still I implore you tonight that you will stand up against domestic violence, make your voice heard, let everyone know that there is no excuse for abuse. And until next time, this is J.R. Thickman, and I'm saying I'm so glad that you've joined us tonight on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Oldness. Mark it in your calendar. Mark it there on your bookmark that every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time, 
7 p.m. if you're in the mountain time zone, and of course, 6 o'clock in the Pacific, and no matter where you may be, across the globe, from coast to coast, tune in to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, right here on the Soul of America radio. And until that time, this is J.R. Ficklin saying you can reach me at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. I love to hear from you. You have a great night and make a difference in somebody's life. Thank you so very much for listening tonight. But time will heal